0: Hi, it's a Thursday afternoon. I'm actually a little under the weather. I might to take a test or something. I don't know. Coughing and whatever. Uh, you'll bear with me. I feel really feel blue. But uh, the show must go on. And so, uh, I want to say something. Today's supposed to be a, a podcast about tefillah. As always, sponsored by Mishpacha Stefanski. But I want to, um, I'm all wrapped up. Uh, in this uh, big scandal they just had Mulder and all the rest of it. And it's no gayet tefillah, as you'll see in a second. And uh, just to share some of the ideas that have been going through my head the last day or two. <clears throat> because, as far as I'm concerned, the guy's guilty of sin. I don't understand why they're making a big deal that's for Ratzicha and all this kind of, I just don't understand it. Um, after all bad things he did, and, you know, I don't believe all these things that they put out in, in the names of famous rabbis. It's hard... To relieve, um, because you know, this is you can do chew before, now you can't do chew but it doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> I'll tell you what I mean. Uh, and then I'll try, if I can remember, to connect it to a wider theme, which is all at the heart of tefillah in general, and that's uh, uh, claw you Throw. So Tashuba on the one hand, Klauyu Throw on the other, which are things you say, talk all the time in Davening. <clears throat> now, there's a famous business, and I know I've mentioned it before more than once from Lampranti, you know, the Pachat Yitzchok, And I saw it years ago in uh, one of his Hagione Aloha articles. And so you probably have it at home or something. And the long and the short of it goes like this. There are two types of sins, A and B. One is, quote-unquote, a good sin, another is something you can repent for, and the other one you can't. The other one you can't. Um, And I remember the context was Menashe, the king of Yehuda, who is described in the book of Malachem and, Dib- and Dibriyam, two different accounts. They both agree he was the worst king ever. Mamish. <laughs> big time. Big time. Um, and they say he messed the country over so much that they were never able to spiritually recover, which is quite a statement. But, in the book of Malachem, he's just, you know, totally bad. It's a totally negative story. He was wicked, then he died. You know, he caused a lot of trouble, did a lot of virus, that's an understatement, and then he died. He was a sadist, the Gemara in in Sanhedrin, and so forth and so on. However, <clears throat> in the book of Yomim, it says that he repented. That at one point he was captured by an enemy raiding force. And by the time this from Ashur, and by the time the story is over, he repented. I won't go through the whole story again. If you're really interested, I'm sure I said this over when I did Lampranti, and I'm sure I've done it other times as well. <clears throat> and so the question is. He said in Pachad Yisak, that's the Encyclopaedia Talmudit of the 18th century, right? From that famous Rabbi and his students in Italy in Ferrara, and under Teshuva. And what he says is that, um, what he says is that basically there are two types of errors, uh, A and B. Um, one type of error doesn't involve anybody else, and the other one does. So, from the point of view of Teshuva you always want to do a sin, which doesn't involve anybody else. So, I'll give you an example. you want to do the right kind of sin, so to speak, go lock yourself in a room and eat a ham sandwich. Lock yourself in a room and eat a ham sandwich. Why do I say that? It's only in the gate of you and Hashem. That's it. So, later on, if you have a Hesiris, and you do teshuvah and yom Kippur, and so forth and so on, and you really mean it, and you have all the shari teshuvah stuff, you know, uh, Anocha, and Yogan, and this, and that, and blah, 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 all that stuff. So, uh, then God will forgive you. That's the basic issue of the Jewish religion. Because it was the game between you and Hashem, and that's it. Now let's contrast this with another type of sin in which you involve someone else. And I always give the same Marshall because that's the one that strikes me. Let's say, for example, you had a kid in high school who got into selling drugs. And it happens. You know it, and I know it. And he gets kids hooked on it and all that. It's terrible. I mean, it's just unbelievably terrible. We had something like that not all ago in this community. And um, let's say that this kid does this. Let's say he got into it in the 10th, 11th, 12th grade. He spent three years selling drugs. He got people hooked on it in all kinds of terrible uh, uh, situations of dependency. <clears throat> and then this kid graduates high school and goes off for a year in Israel and he mamash flips. And I'm saying it not in a cynical way at all. Let's say he goes to Yeshiva, and it's the right fit, and the right Rebbe, and so forth and so on, and he really is transformed. He finds his year in Yeshiva, or whatever it is, a transformational experience. When he comes back a year later, not only has he changed his dress, as they do when they flip, but he's mamish a different person. He really is. And where he's standing now, looking back, he's like, Oye, chathas ne'urim. All the things I did when I was young, I was selling drugs and this and that and the other. I mama see now what a horrible thing it is. And I say again, he means it sincerely. <clears throat> it's a terrible thing I did to people. And hare ani gamura, Right? You know. And he means it. He means it. So, can he do chuba? The answer is no. Why? He repented. He honestly did. Yeah, but the is not accepting. Okay? The is not accepted. The reason she was not accepted is you didn't fix up all the people you messed over. There's no such thing. This is Lampranti. There's no such thing. You can mess somebody else up, and then when you feel better, you don't have to worry about the consequences of the actions that you did. You see, when you ate the ham sandwich, it was just you. Right? It was just you. But When you did what I said, and you got, let's say, for example, 10 kids hooked on drugs, and they're now dependent, and they have addictions, etc., and their whole life is messed up, and so on and so forth, so how are you going to undo that? How are you going to do? You can't undo that. If you if you think it through, it's basically not possible because you can't undo all the trouble. I mean, all the trouble that you caused. Maybe you can do a little bit, depending on the situation. I'm giving you the material for a novel. Get it? Somebody wants to write a best selling novel in the film world. You better get flip out, you know. And the kid who comes back and tries to undo the damage that he did It's a good idea if you're a writer, right? Now he can't do it. So, because it's not just Nugeh to you, it's La L'chaveru. So, the Pachad Yitzchak says, that when it comes to the Menashe the king of Yehuda, um, so, this is what he says. The book of Malachim was written at the time of Yirmiyahu, not long after the time of Menashe. At that time, the negative effects of what Menashe had done were still there, visible. And so the fact that he personally repented doesn't matter. In other words, The author of the book of Malachim is not saying that the author of the book of Dereyam, which is written later, is lying. If it says in Dereyam, which is part of Tanakh, that Menashe did Teshuvah, then he did Teshuvah. But his Teshuvah wasn't accepted, at least not from the point of view of the author of the book of Malachim, which is Yirmi (coughs) Yochanavi. Okay? He lived, uh, you know, Mamash not long after that. I He started with Yoshio, I think. (coughs) And, um, And Yoshio would be the grandson of our villain today of, of Menashe. And therefore, who cares what Menashe did? He may have repented. It doesn't matter. It's not accepted. Masha and Cain, the theory goes, by the time the book of Duriam was written, that's by Ezra Sofer, it's a hundred years later, something like that, the effects, you know, the base of destroyed, everything was shattered, nothing was left from the bad stuff <coughs> from the earlier era. It's like I would tell you, uh I remember Chaim Grad has a novel about about the Algunner or something like that, where they're all fighting in Vilna. But by the time the novel is over, the author says, I visited after the war. They're all shot by the Germans. There's not no gay anymore. All the controversy. I haven't seen the book in a long time. And the fights in Loshahar and this one, who cares? Then Hitler came and just shot everybody. And so, you know, the consequences of that fight are gone. Tragically. So that's what happened with the destruction of ISRI and the terrible sufferings and blah blah blah. And so the result is by the time um, the book of Dereyam was written, they had a different perspective on this, and Menashe, as I say before, sincerely repented, and by that time his repentance was accepted. This, some of you will remember, is in the first parak. I think, uh, I mean, the first Mishnah and the in Sanhedrin that I did long ago, and, um, you know, they talk about whether Menashe's um, repentance was okay or not. <clears throat> so in other words, even as late as the Mishnahic period, Menashe is a controversial figure, Momish over what I'm talking about right now. Now, isn't that exactly Chaim (laughs) Walder, Right? If he did all this stuff to all these victims, how are you going to tell me he repented? It's garnished. You understand? It's garnished. And when he says to this guy I'll see you in Shemayim, the other guy said, Rabbi Elio, he says, you ain't going to Shemayim. Not that he repented. He didn't repent either. But I'm just saying, you couldn't. You can't. You understand I think I read in the paper, I mean, I'm only reading what I see online, the basin and spa say, go do chuba and you know, all the rest I don't know, I don't, you can't <laughs> you can't, now when you mess people over like that, if you do molestation and all this other junk, the person is a victim for the rest of their life, you know that I know, I've know. i seen that in the course of my career, you know as a rabbi, and, you know, people that that, that suffer this kind of stuff is a permanent a problem for the rest of their life, it shouldn't be they're the victims. They're totally innocent. It's not their fault. But chalal, right? Didn't do anything wrong whatsoever. That's the way the world is. You see, that's the way the world is. Somebody's a victim. You know, they 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 take it on. And I read today, some girl was freaked out over the fact that he was treated respectfully, and she committed suicide. So you know, gives the idea what we're <clears throat> what we're talking about. Um, this is what hit me when I'm reading all this stuff in there, and I don't know all the like I say. These Haredi things, I, I just don't get it. You know, there's a, like you have to worry more about him and his family than, than the victims. I just don't, don't see it. Uh, maybe there's something wrong with me. If Gershon Hillstein I respect him. You know, I mean, uh, you know, he's a big person, but I just don't get it. Um, now, I'll tell you something else. Because this is really what I was uh, what led me to, to think of this subject. Um, you ask yourself the question, you know, when it comes to davening, so a lot of the tefillos are uh, Amcha Israel and Ka'al Yisrael. And what we really are praying a lot of the time is the zechus of the Ka'al of the Tzibor um, should help us with a good mishpat. Um, now, the problem, of course, is most Jews today are not from. But on the other hand, the concept of the Kahal of the is is almost independent <coughs> of whether they're from or am I wrong? This is one of the great... Uh, innovations or challenges in the modern era that no one's had any idea how to deal with. Uh, We haven't come out with a consensus in the last 250 years when this popped up. By that I mean, throughout history, you always had communities in which um, a lot of people didn't keep things and they led a, uh, to use from language, a non-Torah lifestyle and so forth, but they didn't make their own Judaism up. You know what I'm saying? They simply said, I don't keep Shabbos. I don't keep Kosher. I don't refrain from hanging around with girls and stuff like that. It's my my personal choice. But I'm not saying the system is wrong. So as long as you acknowledge, you know, the values of the system, so you're part of the seaboard. That's why you say, (speaking) Which really you say dramatically on Yom Kippur evening by Kol Nidri, but really you say it all the time. For many reasons, uh, I don't know if you. But nowadays, you know, with the Sotmer and all the rest, they'll say this group doesn't really count as Jewish, and this group doesn't count as Jewish for this reason and that reason. It's a new way of looking at things. It's very strange, right? It's very strange. Um, uh, how should I put it? If you, look, I've said many times, if you look at Miss Sharma forever. They'll say God's ideal. And this is the part that, that struck me. God's ideal. I repeat, ideal. Is a community with the good and the bad. I, why don't you say it should be a community of the good where everybody shamashabas? We have such things today. Everybody should keep kashras. Why don't you do like that? But that's not what he says. The the, the, the God's ideal, I'm not going to pull out the Mesilis Hashem. you can look it up yourself in the Hasidus chapters. Um, the ideal is you should have a tzaddikim and bainim and rishonim. You know, the tzaddikim keep everything the Rosham keep nothing, the ban keep, you know, part, and that they should all work together, and when they daven, then the it's up to the Chassinim, as he calls it, to daven in such a way that I want my zechus to apply, even for those who are not keeping Shabbos, and for those not keeping kosher, and so forth. They want their mitzvahs, their zechus that they're getting from their davening, or even from their Shmiras to go into the bank account of the people who aren't, and that way you're helping all the Jews out, and that's what Hashem likes. Now that goes against spiritual capitalism. In spiritual capitalism, I'm the one to keep Shabbos, I'm the one that doesn't turn the light on on Saturday, therefore I'm the one putting up with the sacrifice, or I'm keeping kosher, I'm the one foregoing all the fancy schmancy restaurants. You're not, so why should my mitzvahs go and apply to you? It doesn't make any sense. But it's a mystical concept, you understand? You should want to help a fellow Jew you should want to help a fellow Jew. And even if they're avayonim. Uh, I don't say everybody keeps this, but it's a very powerful and very interesting concept. But, as I said before, that's in the old days when the 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 reality, the social reality was that you have a Jewish community. Some keep things, some don't keep things. Some have this kind of lifestyle. Some have that kind of lifestyle. But they all agree that the ideal is what the Hassinim and the Zadikim are doing. If you want a little bit of an idea of what I'm talking about, it's not exactly the same thing. It's the concept you have in Israel, or at least you used to have in Israel, the old idea, I never go to Shul, but if I went to Shul, would be an Orthodox Shul. You know, like the Chilonim used to say long ago, back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, and so forth. I don't like rabbis, I don't like Judaism, I don't like all that stuff, but if I had to go, I would go to Orthodox Shul, because the Reform Conservatives is baloney. The Orthodox, whatever... So that person is basically saying, "I'm part of the seaboard. How I conduct my life and my lifestyle is my business. But as far as what the Jewish standard is, that is the correct Jewish standard. That is the correct Jewish standard. And so, in that regard, to the degree you have what I just said, the State of Israel is almost like a seaboard. You understand? Same as like a seaboard. Now I'm going to take it farther. You see, from old Chaim Walder business, you ask yourself the following question. And not only him, I'll just use an example because it just popped up in my head. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll get straight to it. If it was up to the firm world, it would never get out. You had to have the non-from world go and expose it. The Haaretz newspaper, which is anti okay? They they got, they they got put it out there. Now, think about what I'm about to say. Why does God make it that so many people are from and so many are not from? The answer is, it seems, if everything was from, you have too much junk going on because by definition, once something called very religious, with or anything like that, there are power structures, there's suppression of information, there's all kind of factors they again there are in their elites who kind of protect themselves and their reputation of the old boy network. We've seen this, you and I have seen this, not just with Walder, but over the decades with different molesters and all this other kind of junk. It was up strictly to the firm world if the internet didn't exist, for example, and things like that, you would never know about it. And you might tell me, so good, I won't know about it. But what about the victims? What about the victims? See, what you're doing is you're saying like this I just want a quiet life. And let the victims suffer in silence. Just don't interfere with my personal tranquility. You know, I like to just go around with a quiet life. That's not right. It's a crying injustice. If this girl killed herself today from the anguish and so forth, then it goes to show you how much pain, you understand, people are feeling from what this guy did. And it's a good thing you had the hearts. Or, you know, other of these uh, magazines, which are not from, their are they're anti, from all the rest of it, but they're performing a a, a, a service in their way. This is your Klal throw business in a weird fashion. It just struck me in the last two days, I never would have thought about it otherwise. We need them, just like they need us. We need them so they can say things that we can't say within our community. Otherwise, you'll suffer in silence, and it'll be suppressed and I'll tell you again, today is better than it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago. 20, 30 years ago, they had no hesitation saying, this Rebbe, don't tell anybody about it. And this Menahel, don't tell anybody about it. And this Bashkir and a dorm, whatever, don't tell anybody about it. And don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody. And terrible things happen. is terrible things happen. And, you know, some people say, well, how do you know you're right? Say what you want. I'll, I'll tell you again, it makes no sense to me to argue the other way around. We see the other way around. And it's also true that the type of people who are perverts and molesters are very clever. You know, it's very sneaky. Uh, especially if you're from and you're living a double life like that. Let's say, for example, you're a rabbi but on the side you're molesting kids. You have to be very clever and very tactically sneaky. You get it? They know how to maneuver the kids, especially the young ones, the girls, the boys, whatever they do. And if we, the rest of us are silly putty in their hands because they're practiced in the arts of deception and they know how to milk the system and it's true of any system in the world, you know. When you uh, are in the in-group and you know the right buttons to push, the right people to talk to, then you can make sure that it won't get out there. Look, no from newspaper will ever put anything out like this because they'll it'll be hurt hurt their advertising. Get it? Uh, we have not exactly autonomous, coercive communities nowadays, but we have something approximating that because they you know they take away the advertising or they won't let your kid in the school or other pressures they can bring on people. But they're using it nefariously, you understand? They're using it to cover up things that the public has a right to know. I repeat, the public has a right to know. And the reason the public has a right to know is they should know what's going on, They shouldn't be deceived, and they should protect their kids. If we have, for example, Bar Mitzvah teacher, some people know that they're doing something wrong to their kids, but nobody wants to say anything. Well, then I'll send my kid over there and he'll be a victim. Why don't you tell me? You see? Well, do you want to tell? So if we relied on the from world... If we relied on Yeted, and Hamadiyah, and the Mishpachah, and the Ami, etc., 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 it wouldn't get out. It would not get out. You understand? And you said, and they have manipulation because he said, like "This the is a garlem, They don't need to know about this." Hear what I just said, "Oyelim is a garlem and they don't need to know about this." You and I, the insiders, it's good enough that we know about it. But that's terrible. That's like the people knew Hitler was coming. You know, like in the, in the perfidy book. But it was good enough that they knew they could get on a train and leave. Everybody else was stuck. Everybody else was screwed, got killed by Hitler. You understand? Know that's a manipulation. So, what protection do we have? Not in the from culture. You have no protection. See, so at the end of the day, you're relying on the non from. So, that makes it part of, It's funny. And this week, the hires became part of Claudia's thrall, so to speak. Now, I know they're not doing it for firm reasons. I get that. But in reality, God runs the show in a funny way. At least that's what it seems to me. And, um, by busting the story and putting it out there, and they don't care about what the firm world thinks. You know, they don't have a from advertising it, quote-unquote. So uh, you can at least get the truth out there and leave it for everybody else to go and try to hustle and pick up the pieces. I do not believe for a minute that this guy was doing this for years and nobody knew about it. It's not possible. LMI, people knew about it, but they covered it up. Well, ha- ha- how do you justify that? You understand? And if somebody will justify it, then it shows you something is pretty rotten, in the state of Denmark, pretty rotten in the firm world. We have rotten aspects of the firm world. So um, it turns out that there is, in a a screwball way, at least I had a flash this week to me, of the larger T-board and that we provide things that they don't have. The firm world provides things that the non-firm world doesn't have. But the non-firm world provides things that the firm world doesn't have. It's, It's very interesting in that particular regard. Now, somebody might not like what I'm saying, all the rest I get it, but I just figured so much of this is in the davening, you talk about the seaboard and the kocha seaboard, and you know, um, and the, the shuv, all the rest of it, but when rubber hits the road, when it comes to a real live case, then sometimes people are a little more, uh, what's the right word, manipulative, and a little more secretive, and I'll say it again, the insiders always know, they just don't share it with you. The people on the inside, they know because they want to protect their kids, but they don't care about your kids. It's a pretty sad state of affairs, but that's the way it is. Anyway, I just wanted to get that off my chest. I hope I'll get rid of this cold I have up here. I want to thank once again Mr. Papa and I wish you all a good job.